You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Once I started dancing, I started to realize that this was going to be my ticket out. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how it was going to happen because, once again, my parents were not of this world. So I'm sitting at home trying to escape a reality, watching TV. Welcome to the Black Business of Broadway, a podcast brought to you by the Broadway League and Black to Broadway. Here, we highlight the stories, how-tos, and successes of the Black professionals and legends of Broadway. I'm your host, Janine Scott. I'm so excited to be back uh, from our summer hiatus. I hope you all have stayed hydrated because this, my friend, is a marathon and not a sprint. So today I have the honor of speaking with director, choreographer, writer, creative director, teacher, actor, singer, dancer, influencer, and former Juilliard School of Dance major, Gregory Butler. Gregory is the, currently the associate choreographer for the six-time Tony Award-winning musical Chicago. He has been a part of Chicago since 1996. He has mounted this production in Moscow, Denmark, Korea, Amsterdam, Germany, and of course, uh, here in the U.S. Hey, it's so good to be here. And joining Gregory, I have Ray Mercer. Ray is a native of Omaha, Nebraska. He started his training at the University of New Orleans. He is presently in his 20th year as a dancer and fight captain in Disney's The Lion King on Broadway. Ray is a choreographer for the Ailey School's professional division and resident choreographer for Philodenko. He is the artist in residence at Omaha Performing Arts and Tall Poppy Artists. The Smithsonian Museum has commissioned and archived Ray's work. So listen, people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> people are like, look, this Come intro on. is long, but let me tell you. I'm going to give you both your flowers right <laughs> here and right now, okay? Because the body of work that you all have put out and the contributions that you have given, not just to Broadway, but to mm -hmm. your community, uh, you you deserve to be saluted. And I thank you both for, for being here with me today. Of course. Yay. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I want to look back uh, at where you all came from and how you got here. I was pulling up stats recently uh, and looking at 
the number of men who just dance, not, not even Broadway, but just dance. And then I was trying to find the number of men of color who dance, and I couldn't find that. But what I did find was that 26% um, of individuals who identify as male are dancers, and then 12.5% of dancers, that's everyone, 12.5% identify as black or African-American. How in the world did you find dance, let alone Broadway? <laughs> like, how, 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 how? You know, I don't know. I, I think that, <laughs> I think it, it goes back to that age-old saying when, you know, you don't find something, it finds you. You know, I think it, I don't know if I found dance, but I think dance found me. You know, I was I was a a gymnast. I was on my way to the Olympics. I was I was training to go to the Olympics and living in Omaha, Nebraska. And I was 17 years old, and a friend of mine took me to a small studio in Omaha, Nebraska. And I walked in, and it was a ballet class, and of all things, and I absolutely fell in love with it. You know, I fell in love with the physicality and, and you know, and, and the work that it required. And from then, walking out of that studio that night, I, I knew I wanted to be a dancer. You mm -hmm. know, I, I think that night it found me. Born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, you know, a wow. child of the 60s. And, you know, in the 70s, um, Look, my family didn't know of dance, didn't know of entertainment, didn't know of anything. And my childhood upbringing was dramatic and had a lot of friction. So I was always, at an early age, I had already looked for escape through television and through mm -hmm. fantasy. So that seed for me to find a, a way to escape my reality because it was so harsh was already planted and at age 14 I was attending Durfee Junior High and Betty Fuller was the female um, gym teacher she had she taught dance she had I was her sound person which back in that day meant needle on needle off <laughs> uh, <laughs> that wasn't it wasn't too deep but one day, um, Mrs. Fuller was talking to the young ladies um, about her dance studio, the Fuller Dance School. And I was, it just sparked interest. And so I went up to her after the class and I said, asked her, I said, can I come? And she was like, well, you know, it's only girls, but we also teach karate, which is how they would um, coerce boys into this dance world by teaching something masculine, something sports-like. It's like, oh, we'll mm -hmm. trick them. Uh, and so she said, yeah, come. So I started taking karate for like six uh, months. But the dressing room was, um, I had to walk through the main studio, and I would always watch the um, girls dancing. And I was like, Ms. Fuller, I want to do that. And she was like, okay. And that's how it started. So dance found you too then. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, and I also I say dance saved me. Seriously, because really? you know, it was a lot 
it, it was a lot of um, drama going on in my household, and I had angels in my life, and it started off being Betty Fuller, and then it went to Carol Maruso of the Detroit City Dance Company, and then Phyllis Stowe. I know Carol. I guess it's a company yeah. for those. Love, love me some Carol. That's how I met Warren Spears and Rima Vitar. You know, I started to branch out. And then Phyllis Stowe was um, like a second mother to me of the Unique Dance Theater. And she brought me in and she saw something in me and was my guardian angel for until I moved away at age 20. How did you overcome the whole men don't dance, boys don't dance, um, they play football, they do this, or black men don't do that you know like how did you overcome that because i'm there i know several young men they have the desire to dance and some of their parents support them and some of their parents you know say no because it's not what we do although i think we do everything oh of course how how, how? Yeah. you know honestly my mother said no to me dancing and it was my father who said yes. My dad, which is so not the story most of the times. My dad was like, "This he, Gregory has found something that he wants to do. Let's let him try this. Um, and I don't know if I overcame it as much as I just muscled through. Because it was my passion, what I realized was my passion to dance, was stronger than the hate I was receiving and the teasing and bullying that I got. Um, and here's the deal. I, I tell kids all the time, you know, once you start this, something happens with the masses. Talent trumps everything. It's like once they start to see, oh, Gregory Butler can dance and Gregory Butler's with all these pretty girls. You know, it's like all of a sudden the boys are like, oh, yo, man. You know, and I'm like, child, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, but it started to, I started to, for lack of a better phrase right now, make a name for myself in my school life because they knew me as the dancer. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I carried a lot of that um, teasing, taunting, shame, all that stuff that happened to me. It I carried it with me through my lifetime until I worked it out in therapy. And it also now informs a lot of the work that I do. For some reason, I, I think I had the wherewithal enough to not pay attention to any of that. And my defense was just to be the best one in the room. I mm -hmm. always, mm -hmm. I worked hard, you know, and I guess my biggest defense was just to work hard. I was always trying, striving to be the best one in the room, whatever that meant. You know, was it yeah. work ethic or artistically or, you know, whatever that was, it, my efforts were always, you know, trying to be the best that Ray Mercer could be. Right. And I will say also, once I started dancing, I started to realize that this was going to be my ticket out. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how it was going to happen because, once again, my parents were not of this world. So I'm sitting at home trying to escape a reality, watching TV. So on that TV, I would see 
you know, Lawrence Welk, you know, Johnny Carson show, all the pageants, every pageant in the world, because I love me some pageants. And I would see variety shows. I would see Solid Gold dancers. And I, that's where I first saw Sammy Davis Jr., Lena Horne, you know, Bob Fosse, Gwen Ver all these people. And I'm like, I don't know how, but that's where I'm supposed to be. So whatever that was, that is the thing that moved me forward. Um, because I did get um, teased and taunted a lot for that simple reason. But I look back now and I see how brave that little boy is. And it just fills my heart because I was so full of fear. Mm. But I was doing it anyway. Now, and let's be true, I started off in modern and I've always been a better performer than I was a technician. I had my little tricks, but I was never the most flexible girl in the room or, you know, I didn't. And, you know, I started doing acro, so I had that to my advantage. And I was always just a better performer. There was, the actor in me was first and foremost. And then the dancer kind of caught up. So, in the 70s in Detroit, I was, you know, being a little black boy who wanted to do this, everybody used me. You know, Carol would use me for a lot of things. I met, um, she had Warren Spears come and um, choreograph a piece for the company, and he saw me, and he wanted to use me, and then that connected me with Rima Vitor, because Rima who was a Fosse dancer, was Warren's assistant, and then she was my connection when I moved to New York to go to Juilliard. I mean, it all, God just went bam, 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 bam. At 16, I was playing the violin, and um, Ben Vereen, who was one of my idols, was um, doing his show at the music hall. And <laughs> I snuck into the theater, went downstairs, and they had obviously either had a sits probe or just working on music because the orchestra chairs were out. I went to the violin one chair, saw the book, and stole it. I took it. And my thinking was, I'm going to give it back to Ben Vereen. <laughs> I, went, I went to my um, dance teacher, Phyllis Stowe, and she was like, are you out of your mind? So she had me write a letter, and we sent it back, had my phone number. Ben Vereen called me. And that started a relationship with Ben Vereen. Come wow. on. This man that I saw on TV. That's hmm. awesome. I'm just I, I, I don't recommend that people go around. No, don't be stealing. <laughs> don't be trying to go in buildings and doing things. We shouldn't do that. But again, you know, here's this little boy in Detroit, Michigan. Unafraid. Mm-hmm. I give him so much applause now because I, you know, I, I, I know how fearful he was. But don't steal. <laughs> right. I mean, who? I mean, so who were some of your influences? Because I, I too am from Nebraska, and we don't, we're kind of a flyover. You know, yeah. we're not like the we're not like the home of Motown or mm. you know or anything like that. It, it's 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 really different. It, yeah. It. it Jenny, it's funny you mentioned that. You know, I always think of that. I always go back and I say, God, I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. When I have conversations with people and they, and the first thing they say, are there any black people? Do people say that to you? All the <laughs> time. Any, I say, no, there are no more left. No. I left. I'm, they're gone. There's no right. one there. <laughs> yeah. Talent is everywhere. You know, it really is. And it's just a matter of how much tenacity, 
you have and how much, you know, you know, what, what drives you, what pushes you forward and those to get you out. And, you know, I don't even, you know, even when I go back to Omaha, I always say, you know, it's not a matter of getting out of Omaha. It's just exploiting the talent that you have. You know, sometimes you don't want to leave, but there, there can be talent right there in that city. You know, New York is not the end all. It really isn't. You know, who's to say that you can't be the best dancer in Omaha, Nebraska, whatever that looks like. Um, but True. thinking back, I was thinking about when we were talking about fear real briefly, and then we'll get back to who my influences were. Fear. My grandmother used to always say, um, if you can't beat fear, you have to do it scared. You know, and had if you can't if you can't beat it and and I just carried that in my pocket all my life. If you can't beat fear, do it scared. Mm. And Woo! Snatching wigs. <laughs> I write that down, right down. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I, you know, there's a lot of situations where I, I'm still scared today. I got a, a, a production meeting that I have to go to at the end of the week. I am petrified. But, mm. you know, I'm going to walk into that production meeting and, and, and be scared but get all I need to get from it. So I think that's been my, you know, my force or my push forward through my career is that, you know, there's a lot of situations that I probably shouldn't have been in the room or I probably, but I walked in there scared. And, you know, sometimes I walked out, didn't get what I wanted. And sometimes I walked out with a lesson. Sometimes I walked into the room and got exactly what it is that I needed. So, um, I guess my advice through my grandmother is if you can't beat mm. fear, do it scared. Mm. And it, it'll carry you, it'll carry you through. Um, some that. of my, so, so some of my influences, I, I, I hate this question because I always forget people. You know, <laughs> what I, mean? you know I always, I always forget people. So my answer is always, I'm always inspired by, you know, I'm inspired by this conversation today. You know, I have, you know, there's being in the city, I'm constantly inspired by tremendous artists who are doing beautiful things, you know, and I, and if I, if I say one person, then I forget the other. But if I say one, one person, you know, it, it kind of, it, it throws everything into a box. Mm -hmm. there, there are contemporary, like always, my go-to is always Ulysses Dove. I always love this work. He is one of the most, you know, his his vocabulary and his his storytelling and, and his approach to dance was always one of my, you know, when I, you know, as a concert dance choreographer, sometimes I, I, I my go-to is always him, is always my answer. But um, it, it's many people for me. It really, it's mm -hmm. every day, mm -hmm. somebody different. Mm -hmm. I love, and mm -hmm. here's the thing, Ulysses Dove is not a name that people hear often. No. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, and before you before you jumped on, um, uh, we were talking, and we were talking about how, you know, how individuals just get, you know, they get written out of out of narratives. Right. Right. And and um, and so I, I'm glad. I'm glad. You, I'm glad you mentioned. And yeah, it, it'll give somebody something to go Google. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and learn. Always, always. I really, I really would encourage you if you don't know anything of, about him, it's just to yeah. Google him. I just want to tap on something, mm -hmm. if you don't mind, that Ray was yeah, talking about, ahead. talking no, about that fear. Because, you know, I, 
I think I know for myself that fear was not just about me not being enough in my talent place. It was also, I grew up in a world, we grew up in a world where my experience as a black person was not valued in a lot of ways. So I was not seeing my stories. I was turning on TV. Yes, I was fantasizing about being there, but look at what I was fan fantasizing about. I was fantasizing about being a part of the Brady Bunch. I was fantasizing, mm -hmm. you know, about being engulfed and placed into the white world, the white society, because that's what was told to us was the best. And mm -hmm. then you're, I'm a little black boy who has... Uh, friction at home and I want to escape it so all of a sudden being black is not the thing I want to idolize being white so I also was walking into a predominantly white um, field afraid that I wasn't enough you know afraid that I had to not be my authentic self or this stereotype that you see so I would end up whitewashing myself, as we yeah. say, in order to fit in. So that fear was not just me going, oh, I'm not talented enough, or I'm not this. It was, it was a bigger picture going around, you know, that we're now, just now, uncovering. Yeah. I, I, I think, too, is one of those things is, you know, I, you see this all the time, you know, especially with black male dancers, for a long time, I was caught up in, you know, because I was a black male dancer and I looked a certain way that I would always have a job. And, you know, for a long time, I was like, you know, well, you know, they'll always need male dancers. They'll always need, you know, they'll always, in particularly black male. And then mm. when I got to New York, I figured, oh, shit, I'm going to have to work. You mm. know what I mean? I can't just, you, you really can't <laughs> just walk into a room because there are... 10 other guys that look like me who are just as talented as me, you know? And so I always encourage young dancers is work is there is no, there's no formula. There's, there's no, I get this question all the time. Ray, how have you done it for so long? Mm -hmm. Or what, you know, what is it? There is no secret. There is, I wish there was a secret because I would patent it, but there is no secret other than hard work. You just have to do the work. And, and the more important jobs, the bigger jobs, you know, it, you can't rely on your aesthetic or walking in a room as a male dancer. You have to do the work. You absolutely have to do the work. Period. Yeah. No shortcuts. Period. Yep. And they say, Ray, how have you done it? I, you know, this, it, sometimes it irritates me. I worked. I worked hard. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> was handed to you. It was for me. I wish it was, and I wish it was that easy. Or I wish I had a secret, but I don't. I don't have no secrets. I don't. Yeah. I just worked hard. I really yeah. did. It's continue too. Yeah. All right. All right. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special mom in your life. And what better way than with the Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. 
This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets that are perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. So, Gregor, you made your Broadway debut uh, in 1986. Yeah. <laughs> With uh, the musical Raggedy Ann. Come on. Uh, Directed and choreographed by the five-time Tony Award-nominated Patricia Birch. Mm, mm, mm. What was that like? Oh, your my first, God. Your first moment. You're, you're there. I, I remember the final callback. Um, Joe Raposa wrote the music, and um, Patricia Birch, like you said, uh, was director-choreographer. We Back in the day, they used to do auditions at theaters, at Broadway theaters. So we were at the Nederlander Theater, and it was an all-day situation. I didn't even, I mean, it was my first, I'm like, oh my God, what is this? I walk in, there's Gail Benedict, another Fosse dancer, and I'm like, oh my God, it's Gail Benedict. So, you know, we're all doing our whole thing, and then at the end of the day, Pat and Joe lined us up and came up to the stage and said, congratulations, you're our company. That has never happened to me since. And I remember going outside, walking on the street, and this is, you know, when New York was really New York, and getting on the <laughs> payphone, getting on the payphone, going, Ma, I just got cast in my first Broadway show. You know, and it was everything. It was everything. Yeah. I mean, it was like this little boy from Detroit, this old black boy from Detroit, had finally stepped into his dream in a lot of ways, you know. I, um, and the beautiful thing about it is the opening number was a Fosse-esque number. It was, she had us in bowler hats and gloves, and I was the first person to walk on stage. And I got to do all this Fosse vocabulary that Pat had created. Little did I know that, you know, years later, yes. what would happen. And I just, that's when I look back and go, it's divine intervention mm -hmm. because it's more than, more than me. 
It's more than me. And I look back with perspective now and I go, God, you worked that. Yeah. You worked that. How yeah. you planned my life out. And I was mm-hmm. ready to derail it. Many times I tried. I really did. But having yeah. that, um, the, fact, the, the fact that I kept going forward gave God the opportunity to do what God does. And I know this is not about that, but that's how I live my that's life. That's okay. And I mean, when it happens, it happens. <laughs> I'm <okay>. just saying. <laughs> so the experience was everything. It was everything. And working with Patricia, who also cast and ranking in her big break and over there. I mean, it's like the the dots connecting, ridiculous. Ray, 18, 18 years? 20 now. 20? Oh my God. Mm. First of all, you need to update your bio. <laughs> 20 years? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ugly, muggly. Yeah, I know it's crazy, right? That's the that's the whole yeah. with, with with the Lion King. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, Janine. It's so crazy. I um thinking back, it, you know, it's it's been it was my first and only Broadway gig, and I I was a flight attendant at the time. You know, oh I was my God. a flight attendant, and I was flying all around the world. I would fly into New York for auditions, or flying. I was based in Detroit, Gregory. Oh my <laughs> was, goodness. I was based in Detroit, and I um, would, you know, on my days off, I would fly into New York for classes, and I would, you know, spend the night with friends and audition, and I... See, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but see, people, that right there is the work. Who flies in for class? Go ahead. (laughs) You fierce, boo. Some don't go five blocks for class. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was flying in. I was flying in for classes, you know. So then um, I eventually ended up in Chicago and and Lion King had an audition back in 2003. Lion King had an audition and everybody in that city, every black person that I knew was at that audition. And, And we, it was an all day thing. And then at the end of the day, I looked around, you know, which was probably 100 guys to start off with because they did the guys separate from the girls, you know. And then I looked around and there was five of us left. And I said, wow, you know, this is, this, this could be real. And, um, you know, eventually, you know, there was five of us. And then, you know, probably about a month later, I was coming off a trip on my way to New York to take class. And I checked my cell phone and they said, um, Ray Mercer, we would like to congratulate you. You know, you are now. <laughs> And that that single phone call, I, I remember where I was. I was in the I was in the airport parking lot, and across the street, I could see a McDonald's. <laughs> and I remember exactly where I was when I got that phone call, and how I felt, and how that that one phone call would change my life forever. It almost brings tears to my eyes right now to think about it. And then I think so. I, I tell people, you know, when you're you're in situations or even people at work, you know, when you doing a show for so long, they I tell them sometimes that you have to think about what it felt like when you got that phone call. What did that feel like? You know, and why God chose you, you know, and and out of all the black people that are doing the work, all the black people who have done the work why at that particular time in that instant did he choose you 
And because he chose you, what what are you going to do with it? So oh. I, I have to constantly remind myself that I have a job to do, you know, because I was gifted with something extraordinary. And and with that, I can I can move forward and, and I can change lives. Mm. And 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 so I, I, I honor it. it really, mm. it's, it's a sacred. It's a very, very sacred thing. Mm. Um, one real quick thing, I, I think about full circle moments. I was a young boy, probably about, I was in middle school, and and I got on my first plane ride to New York, and my aunt lived here. She lived in the Bronx, and she, um, I spent the week, the, the week with my cousin over the summertime, and she took me to see a Broadway show. It was the Tap Dance Kid. <laughs> And we went to go see the tap dance kid. And uh, it, I remember sitting in the audience and seeing people that looked like me. And I was like, oh, my God. Yes. That, you know, it's, it's you just don't. People say this shit all the time about, you know, it's important that you see things that look like you. And it, it had I not seen that, you just, it, it's so, it's, it's imperative. But long story short, we were at the Men's Golf Theater, you know, and, and you know, sitting there. Fast forward, all this time later, I am at the Men's Golf Theater in the Lion right. King. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, I know it's, it's just moments like those that you need yeah. to pay attention to, yeah. you know, and acknowledge yeah. and share. Yeah. I oh wish people God. could see our reactions because, honey, <laughs> we are fanning out here. We are giving you, it's like we are trying, we're like, Pete, yes, <laughs> yes, Ray. That's the truth. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, if I can just interject right here and just because right before Chicago, I had done a national tour of applause. I had stopped dancing for a while because I was, a, I was singing acting um, and doing that whole <laughs> thing. And I was like, you know, let me put the dancing aside. And then I saw in backstage that Anne Reinking was choreographing Applause, a national tour. And I, Anne Reinking, Annie was an idol. I had her posters and all that. And I went to um, Luigi's, took a jazz class because I was like, oh my God, I had to get back in shape the day before. Big mistake, big mistake. <laughs> she was so sore for that audition. Well, I go in, there's Anne Reinking, and I'm like, my head's blowing off and I'm trying to be cool. We do the first... Um, um, combination um, to um, uh, Chicky Chicky Ow. I can't think of the name of the song right now. And she cuts me. I was devastated. Devastated. So I'm walking to get my bag, that slow walk, long walk we do when we've been cut. I'm getting my bag and I'm about to leave and Annie comes up to me and she says, excuse me, do you sing? And I said, I do. And she said, do you really sing? And I just went, I do. And she was like, stay. So I stayed. I ended up getting the show. And she partnered me with our star, Stephanie Powers. And the two of us had this uh, little duet that we had to do. And I was doing what I do naturally, which is help figure it out. We were just figuring it out and da-da-da. So it came time for them. And the, the show closed on the road. We didn't have, um, it didn't work, but the producers were Fran and Barry Weiser, and they were the same producers for Chicago. So when we closed, um, Barry came to us and said, look, we're closing the show. 
but we have this other show that's doing okay for us, and we will do our best to keep you all employed. And so they called me in for the first national, and um, I ended up getting it. Wow. The general manager called me, and he said, you've been offered uh, the role of Harry and also dance captain. I said, I will take the role. I will turn down the dance captain. I've never done it. Thank you. And he was like, let me give you some advice. When Ann Reinking asks you to dance captain her show, you do not say no. And I was like, okay. The best advice I've ever been given in my life. And it worked out. And I asked Annie, we were doing, off-Broadway doing Here Lies Jenny, starring B.B. Newworth, and I was a part of that original cast. And one night, Annie and I were just sitting, and I said, why did you ask me to be dance captain? I said, because I'd never done it. There was nothing on my resume that said dance captain. She said, it was because I watched how you handled Stephanie. I watched how you communicated with her as you all were dancing together, and how you helped her. And I thought... That's the person I want to dance captain my show. So I tell people all the time, pay attention in the room. You never know who's watching, who's listening, who's yeah. talking about you, and where yeah. the next job is coming from. Yeah. I'm not saying be something you're not. When I have auditions, I will walk the halls. You know, all of a sudden, Gregory's got to go to the bathroom and get water. Because I want to watch people in their natural habitat. Mm. I want to see how you're acting out in the hallway. And then when you come in the room, I want to check you out. Are you polite? Because, you know, I want to know who I'm going to spend my next six months with. You know, whatever it is. You know, so Annie taught me a huge lesson with that. And I'm obviously forever grateful for that. With your positions, with where you all are, especially with the longevity that you both have in this industry, you know, um, with great rewards come great responsibility, right? Um, what, how do you use your position? I mean, we talked a little bit about, you know, needing to use our position, but how do you use your position to mentor other young dancers, other young black dancers? I, I mean, how do you use the platform that you've been given to um, to give back? What does that look like for you? A lot of it, you know, I, I guess my first instinct would, would to say is to lead by example. You know what I mean? My other instinct is, 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 is education. You know what I mean? What you do in, you know, master classes and, and, and things like that and, and sharing. And, and, and to me, whenever I have a master class, I, I haven't taught many. Usually they come with a residency. If I'm teaching a residency I'll, or I'm choreographing, you know, I'll throw in a couple of master classes. But I think um, beyond the steps in, in, in teaching choreography and things like that is the, um, I always have a Q&A at the end, you know, so that we can, we can share and share their experiences. I, I guess my give back is the exchange of experiences, you know, what I've had and and um and and the knowledge and and you know those those things that that I have experienced, you know, just sharing those in, in classes and such. That, you know, I guess that would be my biggest give back. First and foremost for me 
I have to, and no ego in this, I have to recognize the magnitude of the gift that has been placed in my life. Mm -hmm. um, Chicago has been a huge life-changing experience for me. I was, you know, able to perform the show for 15, 14 years. I'd been with the show for 25. I, you know, got to come in and re-rehearse the company for the Broadway reopening after the pandemic, which that was months after Annie had passed away. Um, and I have to also recognize, and I say this a lot, and it becomes white noise after a while, but I will continue to say it. For me, I have to give props to this little black boy from Detroit, Michigan, who is now the associate choreographer for Chicago the Musical and the lineage that has. So I have to show up with that. So I have to give back with that, too. And I do the same thing that Ray was talking about. When I do workshops and teaching, I recognize that I am probably not the face they think they're going to see when they say associate <laughs> choreographer for Chicago the Musical. Yeah. But when I show up, I show up. I need, like, Oprah and them say, you know, with the 10,000 behind me. You know, I show mm -hmm. up with the Lewis Johnsons, you know, everybody, you know, Frank Gaston's, all these giants who have um, gone before me. So, and I want other black dancers to know that this is possible for you, which is yeah. why I have to stay visible yeah. because it's yeah. easy for me to just boohoo it because it's so much a part of my experience that. I don't give it its props, which is mm -hmm. weird to say, but, you know, I'm just living my life. But mm -hmm. I have to go, you have this opportunity now, this experience, so now use it so that other little black boys can know that this is possible for them. Yeah. And it wasn't, and like Ray said earlier, it wasn't handed to me, nope. you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I do that in my teaching, I do it in my writing, I do it on social media, you know, I do it in... Any platform, I am blessed to do it in, you know, that it, I just finished um, rehearsing Angelica Ross, our new Roxy for Broadway. Mm -hmm. And one day we were just chitting and chatting and, I'm, and we just marveled at the moment that here she is, this black actress going into this iconic show as Roxy Hart and she's being taught by me, a black gay associate choreographer. I mean, it just, by us being in the room together, it broke down so many things, yep. you know? I mean, it doesn't get better than that, meaning what we're aspiring to and what we're stepping into, you know? So we had, we had a moment where we had to recognize, you know, so that th then we can go out and let others know it's possible. Right. And a lot of times when I post on social media, it's not so much, yes, I have an ego, let's just say it, but it's yeah. not so much about the <laughs> ego as it is about reaching people and letting young dancers know, young black dancers, female and male, that this is possible. Yep. Yes. Exactly. So... Before we wrap up, I always mm. have this one last question, and you all have given so many little nuggets 
that you may be like, I don't know, go listen to the podcast again. What piece of advice do you have for the future black leaders of Broadway? Uh, Whether they be choreographers, writers, creative directors, dancers, dance captains, singers. What, What piece of advice, what one piece of advice would you like to offer up? Mine is this. I, I, it's kind of twofold, but like I said earlier, that there there is no secret formula, you know, and if you are asking me, if you're asking me, you know, what I need to do or am I working hard enough? If anybody asks me, if are you working hard enough? I, if you're asking me that question, you're not. You have to, it, hard work is is the formula. And two, I would encourage people to not put a timeline or an expiration date on any of your dreams, on anything. Any, if you, I mean, if you want to get your Tony Award when you're 102 years old, that's exactly when you should get your Tony Award. Amen. There is no, you know, if I had to put a timeline on my, you know, any of my goals or aspirations, I wouldn't be dancing in Lion King. I wouldn't be signing in later on today and hopping in a giraffe right now if I had to put a timeline on any of any of my goals or my dreams. So there is no timeline. There is no there is no expiration date. You just continue to work hard and 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 work smart. Mm. I love it. Yes. Yeah. You know. I want to say this because I think he's remarkable, and this may be a part of the um, question. It may not be, but forgive me if not. I was doing, I'm a part of this documentary coming out called Back to Broadway that um, Time did around the six, I think six or seven shows that opened right after the pandemic. And uh, we did a talk back during... um, the Tribeca Film Festival, and it was led by Andre DeShields and Cynthia Erivo. Andre said something that I just thought was so, it just echoed what I was thinking. And he said, is there change, is there transition happening on Broadway? Yes. Is there transformation? That is the question. Because transformation takes time. What we are seeing right now is change and transition. It is going to take time for Broadway to transform into what we imagine it to be, the utopia of inclusion. With that, I say to everyone, I encourage you, as Ray was saying, to hang in there. Mm -hmm. Look, I am 60 years old. I could have said no before. I could have stopped. But... Two years ago, I redefined my vision, and I looked at my life and I said, wow, I want to be able to give to myself what I am so able to give to others in my professional position. And I said, so what do you want? I want to keep acting. Okay, new headshots, new agent, and self-tapes, and we're starting the book. So I don't have a, I took off the timeline on it. And then the other thing is, say yes. Yes builds careers. It builds lives beyond what we have planned. I've said no to so many things because I was afraid and didn't feel worthy. 
And that would be, from my experience, I would say to the next person, say yes. And then the last yeah. thing is, take ballet class. Because you're going <laughs> to need it. You're going to need it. I don't yeah. care. Takes a ballet class. <laughs> uh, and remember grandma's words. That's right. Honey. You, you know. Honey. You're scared. Yes. You're scared. That's it. Because Ooh. that's the thing. Do it scared. Do it I scared. Love that. Mm. I'm, I might have, look, grandma might have just came up with our title. Honey. <laughs> honey. I'm ready to get a t- What's grandma's name? Uh, Emma Turner. Mm. All right, we're going to put Dash in my turn. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to quote her. We're going to give her her props. I love it. I I just want to say to Ray, you know, I've seen you in the peripheral, and I just want to give you props. I mean, we have, uh, I see you. Yes. Is what I want to say to you. And I am so, A, honored to be here with you, but by seeing you do what you do, I feel like I'm able to keep doing what I'm doing and do more because you're doing it. Yes. And, and, it's, and, and I, you beat me to it, Gregory. I was going to say the exact same thing, but I, I feel the exact same way about you. And it's moments like this that I think we all recognize collectively that we're doing exactly what we are supposed to be doing. Exactly. When you see it. And, and this is a perfect example as we conclude that mm-hmm. we, it's, is when we see each other, you know, it's that acknowledgement that, that when affirmation comes, yes. you know, then you can affirm that you are right where you're supposed to be. Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. I'm so honored to, to be able to talk to both of you. And I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank, thank you, you for what you're doing, too, for yes. putting yeah. light Bravo. on it. Yes. Yeah. I'm Black artist. I want to thank our guests and you, our listeners. You could have been doing anything else, but you chose to spend your time with me and I am grateful. Be sure to subscribe at bpn.fm slash bbb so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, tell a friend. I'm your host, Janine Scott, and we at the Broadway League hope you enjoyed this episode of the Black Business of Broadway. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.